good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 212. The story will guide you. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Luke as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much for having me. This is incredible. The incredible part is having you on here. Me, oh, well, I'm, I'm, you. not, I'm not me. that incredible. <laughs> I'm like oh, a side yeah. thought. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be talking about the incredible Luke. Sounds like the cousin of the Incredible Hulk. But the Incredible Luke is the individual we're going to be talking about today. But before we jump into Luke's passion of creative writing, I'm sure the people listening would love to know, new? No, who is Luke? Oh, well, to us, there's not much to say about me, really. As you can tell by my accent, I'm English. Uh, I was, <laughs> um, I'm ginger, 24. Um, I've been writing since, oh God, since I, c- I could remember. Um, I'm dyslexic. So, you know, that kind of affects my writing a bit, but you know, I enjoyed the challenge. There's not much to know about me, really. I started my podcast that I do myself, which is the Nerdstalgic podcast uh, this year. Uh, I've been doing it since. I love it. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, really excited to be here to talk about something I love. It's not every day you get asked to be allowed to talk about something <laughs> you love. So to be given the opportunity to be like, talk how much ever you want about whatever you love, go for it. It's a great opportunity. So I thank you just for asking me, really. So thank you. Well, this is going to be even extra special because guess what? What? I'm also dyslexic. Boom. Oh, it's even better. There we go. So now we can connect on that and we can talk about how dyslexia played a role into your creative writing process or just so we just connect on that as well. So perfect. Yes, right. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So that's fantastic that uh, you're, I was going to say it's fantastic you're dyslexic. It is, well, no, that's not. <laughs> that's well, that's, we to be honest, I, I've, never, I've never seen dyslexia or any sort of neurolog- mm-hmm. uh, neurologic um, disorder as a disability. Um, I've always seen it as a superpower. Um, the way I like to see it is the fact of, imagine if like everybody else has senses. So if you go blind, you lose your sense of sight, but your other science senses are heightened. I like to see it as that. So like I couldn't read, I couldn't write for a very, very long time. But my senses of how I perceive the world around me, how I perceive language, how I perceive structure in words and so on and so forth, um, went into the fact of me learning and getting better at my, at my, at my writing, which goes hand in hand, which we'll get into in a minute, how my creative process goes, because how I see the world is how I, I ask, I ask questions. I'm very intuitive. Or like everybody's like, this is why the sky is blue. I'm like, but why is the sky blue? So I <laughs> take, I see it as a superpower. I see it as it's a way to just excel and to be more creative in life. So I've never seen it as a bad thing, but a lot of people do, but I try to promote like disability. Yes. But think of the upside. You have a disability, but you have power earn it, use it, love it, you know? And I've, as you can I'm a very passionate and spiritual person, so we'll get more into that. I cannot wait. This is awesome. And I think that's the reason why I'm a podcaster. Yeah. There's a lot of talking. <laughs> I love to no, I love to talk. I could talk for England. Literally, if you set me up, I could talk for two to three hours about the same subject. I like, I like to waffle. That's a good thing. That's why we have you on here. This The episode will be as long as you need it to be. So whatever oh, you need to fantastic. share, that's how we're going to go. But speaking about sharing, before we jump into the topic of the day, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you are working on that you would love to share? Uh, no projects as of yet, sadly. Hopefully, fingers crossed, after people hear this, you know, I've got to put that in just to, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm available. But um, no, it's just, I'm on Twitter, nerdstalgic underscore pod. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Anchor, Google Podcasts. Again, the podcast is a nerdstalgic podcast uh, where I talk about all things nerdy, nostalgic. I'm 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 24, but I was born in 1998, so I'm a very nostalgia baby. I'm a very young bean. 
as I like to call myself. So I love, I grew up with all the old things. I'm not really a modern child. I'm an old soul. So that's what I do on the podcast. I talk about all the old things. So that's where you can find me, nerdstalgic underscore pod on Twitter and on Spotify, Anchor and all the other podcasts. It's nerdstalgic. So, yeah. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and of course show you some love. And now let's jump into what you love to do and that is creative writing. So you said you've been writing ever since you were a young child, but Mm -hmm. what was the moment that you said, you know what, I'm really interested in creative writing and I want to just dive deep into this? Well, to be honest, I've always been interested, like I said, take you back in time a bit. Like I said, growing up with dyslexia, it's hard. As you know, you know, you want to you, I feel like with dyslexia, I know going off topic a bit, but with dyslexia, you you want to read and you want to do things everybody else can do, but you can't, so you struggle. So I feel like if you have a disability, you have a more of appreciation for whatever, whatever it is you can't do. So that was me growing up was the fact of I want to read, I want to write, and everybody else finds it easier. I am a bit slower. So that's where the creative sort of came from, wanting to write, was the fact of I want to write stories i want to live stories i want to read stories i just can't so a way that it was done with me when i was younger was my teachers always said to me just just talk to yourself and i know it sounds crazy but just talk to yourself you know um make up stories in your head and then tell me because i would sit down with the teacher and then the teacher would um sort of tell me the story she'd be like okay tell me the story. So i'd explain the story to her and what i wanted and she'd write it down for me and then we'd sit and we read my story so it was just it started from there. And obviously, as time went on with the creative process, as I learned better how to read and how to write, then it became a lot easier for me. But then I could be like, okay, so I, I find it a lot easier. So I'm now going to focus on be like, okay, I'm going to start with reading this bit of knowledge, this little this book here, and I'm going to read this book here. And then from there, it would build up so I can understand how characters work, understand how story and worlds work worlds work shall we and then that's where the creative process came from and then eventually as i found it easier and i read more harder harder books i was like this is thing i think i can do i know i can do this so i would just sit down and again i would go to my teachers and they'd always said to me she went do poetry poetry is the best way for somebody who's got a learner's ability to learn especially we've got dyslexia because with poetry it's a lot of rhyming it's a lot of um as you know, a lot of words and how they're structured. So you learn quicker. So I learned with poetry and I'll be honest, they weren't the best poems in the world. Um, But, you know, it was a start somewhere and that's where the creative process came from, using my mind a lot more. And again, with dyslexia, seeing the world a lot differently. So that helped with the poetry as well. And then from there, it was slowly, slowly on to be like, okay, so now you can do poetry. Let's try and try a a short story and it could be whatever you want. And so that's what I did. So I, it would build up like that. And it's the same process now, really, as I would, I never start with the, um, the, the world. I always start with the characters, kind of like Terry Pratchett. I'll, I'll get a group of characters, stick them in a room, get them talking to each other, and I'll just go from there. And so that's where, you know, it, it all starts for me. And when it comes to these characters themselves, where do you usually pull the inspiration? Like you see, like, say your uncle, your aunt, you're like, oh, okay, they have an interesting personality trait. I wonder if I can like enhance it and in- include it in a story somehow. Or like you saw something on TV. Where does the inspiration, since you start with the cre- uh, the characters themselves? See, I'd say the inspiration, I-, I would be lying if I'd say the inspiration doesn't come from myself. I know that sounds very big headed, but I feel like the experiences that you go through in life, no matter how old you are or uh, where you are in life, you go through different types of experiences. We all do. That's part of life. Um, so majority of my characters come from me. So 
for example, the book I'm writing now with the main character, the villain, I like to think of myself as a very good person, not, you know, not a horrible person. Um, but we all have a darkness inside us. We'll have a, a moment where like we want to be on our own because we, we, we fear that side of ourselves. Um, and as a writer, I love it because I get to touch into a side that I never, I hope never comes out. So that's where the inspiration comes from. It's it's my inner soul. I I always explain it as um, whenever I write a character, I put a bit of myself into every character I write, whether it be a good character, a bad character, happy, sad, all different types of emotions. So that's where that comes from. But it also helps with, with books that I read as well. So if I read a book, say, uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I quite like Arthur. Uh, the main character in it because he's very a uh, joe blogs every work every man's sort of character he's a, a fish out of water he's just an average joe that gets his planet destroyed and next thing you know he's now stuck in the universe with a bunch of different random characters and he's on an adventure you know so my inspirations come from characters that i sort of have a emotional connection to and then from there, I'll be like, I don't really want to copy that character, but I want to try to emulate them as best as possible. Um, so I want to get their feeling. I want to get their essence and try to put my own spin on it, but also try to make sure that it's still original. Because obviously, that's one of the worst things you can do as a writer is be like, oh, I have characters exactly the same. So you always try to put a spin on it. But yeah, it's, my inspiration is just from life. I know it sounds really tacky and very spiritual to say, but I feel like you can go through a lot in in five years you know you can go for a lot in one year so i feel like no matter how old you are who you are everybody has different experiences in life and when you're creative whether it be podcasting whether it be writing whether it be an artist you just take from what you know and you write that's why they always say write what you know because it's easier you know so i feel my inspiration just comes from the people i've met through college through school from what i've read in books what i've seen on tv yeah, I know it sounds quite boring, really, but yeah, life is just one of the one of life is one of the best paintings you'll ever see in your life because life is ever changing. It's moving, it's fluctuating, it's it's constantly evolving, especially especially society. So like you'll always ne you'll never run out of ideas as long as you stay aware of what's going on around you, and that's the way I like to see it. That's a beautiful point of view, and absolutely, oh, you're very welcome. Literally anything. I could look at a piano key, like you know what? There's a story there. Just yeah. a post-it note on the ground, story there too. Well, well here's an example. <laughs> the, the, like, so the book I'm, I'm writing now, it, it, it's going to make me sound mean, um, but this is how where the inspiration came for the, the story I'm, I'm writing currently. I was on the bus from college, and it was raining, really, really heavy rain, and the bus was cramped, it was hot, it was stuffy, it, it, was, it was horrible. Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, at least I'm not, like I'm hot, I'm dreary, I'm tired, but at least I'm not outside wet, so it's okay. So the bus go in. It's really crawling because there's loads of traffic. And there's a bush shelter. And in this bush shelter, there's an old lady who's drenched. Well, I feel sorry for her. She's absolutely drenched. She looks miserable. And next to this cubicle, it's the only tiny little bus stop. It's got a, a, a woman and I'm guessing her child just picked up from school. And each, every now and then, because the, the traffic was so slow, I just, you know, I take notice with what's going on around me. And I'm just watching this old lady and she's got this look on her face, like with like really seething, like I'm really disgusted look. And she keeps looking over at this child. And then looking back and, be, and just shaking her head. And in my head, I'm, th I'm thinking, it sounds, again, this is where I sound horrible. But I'm like, I wonder what, why witches hate children. <laughs> and I was like, maybe like there's some underlying seethiness. And then my, as my creative mind's going, it's like, well, because when you ever read a story about witches, 
it never really explains in full why witches want children, why witches hate children, why they need children. And so whenever I write a story, I always write a book that I want to read. I never write books I think will people like. I write stories I've never seen and I want to read myself. So I was thinking, well, I've never seen that question or anybody ever answer it in any sort of form of literature. So then my idea was like, well, you know, maybe it's because she's old and she's lived her life and she's no longer pure. Like life has gotten to her, like her soul has sort of gone rotten. And that that child is still young and youthful and has all the hope in the world. Life hasn't got to them yet. And so that's where the idea for my book was come from. I'm not going to go to detail spoilers, but obviously the idea of that, the reason why this old lady hates this child is because they're young and youthful. Uh, but that's that one situation you can make many stories out of that situation the fact of well maybe that old lady's like well you know i've lived a long life i don't need i don't need to, i don't need the shelter from the rain so i'll give up my time for those two people because they're still young to have you know shout from the rain so there's many different stories you can make up from that but my mind went the crawl away and was like oh my witches hate children you know so <laughs> it's one of those that so you can get inspiration from anything no matter what it is what if you if you look at something and you go you know what that'd be an interesting story even if it's a short story i always say to people write it down or write down your dreams the best one if you ever have a dream write it down get a dream journal because you'd be amazed how mad cat your brain is and also when you do write it down like that even if it's just incoherent power like powerpoints a uh, point form you're writing down little ideas and you can come back to it. it's like okay well what if i combine this point form thing with another one or oh okay let me develop on that and that's something that's really good with creative writing is that you can correct correct me if i'm wrong but the idea of just write everything down don't don't try to aim for per perfection right off the bat. Just write everything down because it's easier to work with something that is there than to work with nothing at all. No, I completely agree. Like, I never throw any idea away. Like if I write, if I have an idea for a story and or a character and I, I can't fit it into what I'm currently doing, I'll write it down in like I have I have a, like a, a notepad that I use for spare ideas, and I save them there. So if I ever I get stuck for a character or for an event or situation, wherever it is, I'll look at that book and be like, oh, this could work. And I'll slot it in here. So I never throw an idea away. Um, I started keeping a, a dream journal because um, I found that, you know, I was having some really weird dreams. Could be in it, I find as a creative person, the more, more you read or the more you it, um, embrace yourself in whatever you love, the more of weird things you dream about specifically to that. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm tapping in. You know, I'm I'm missing out on some really cool potential, you know, potential for some good stories. Um, so I started using a dream journal, and from there, it it I don't use it as a story base. It's more just like ideas and topics. I like say bullet points, like oh, this character could be interesting, this story beat could be interesting. Um, and again, like I said, I write stories that I I know I will like, and if when they're done and people like them then fantastic you know if they don't then at least i can say oh well you know what in the time i had on this planet i wrote a book and i'm proud of it and that's it you know so i it's it's still pride like I've, i haven't finished any sort of, or published any books but the one i'm working on now i hope it when i'm done it can be published and like even if one person buys it that's still one more than it was you know so i'm very passionate and hopefully that people like it but we'll see is it finished yet well actually speaking about the publishing aspect there is usually 
there's more there's a lot of paths to take but usually there is either you pitch to a publisher or you self-publish and if you were to pitch to a publisher they may take your idea and transform it to something else but if you self-publish you get to keep all your ideas and the context of your book so if if and when you decide to publish your book which route are you going to take because it sounds like you, the creative aspect is very important for you to be honest and I, I, this might sound bad but whatever's the cheapest at the, at the <laughs> moment in time because well, i know it sounds bad but like if you go to a publishing firm you have to you, you've got to have some money behind it um to kind of push your idea whereas if you do it on your own again you get to keep all of the it, it's cheaper but also you get to keep all of sort of the creative freedoms the creative liberties i know that i think amazon do it so you can go to amazon and you can give it to them and i think it's only a small fee and they will publish it and it become a, an ebook that you, that you can read on your kindle i mean i think that's how most um indie authors begin and then from there once they've grown a bit more capital and a bit more kind of look i can do what i say i can do then i feel like it's big publisher time or you can be like stephen king and you can just write sort of write columns and write articles and kind of get a bit of leeway that way um, but i feel like to answer your question i think i would go self-published at first um to grow my confidence to grow my sort of um feeling that like this is something i know i can do and I can do it well. And also kind of to back them up being like, look, I've got one or two books out and publish in self-published. They're doing quite well. Um, I have this idea for XYZ story. Do you want to take it up from there? And hopefully at that stage, I'll have a bit more money to be like, look, I've got the money to fund it if need be. Um, but I haven't looked into it. But at, at the moment, I think it would be self-publishing. Well, you have my support there. <laughs> I'll send you a review copy when it's done. <laughs> Nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so this might be a little tricky question, but what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started doing creative writing? It's, again, it's going to sound tacky, but it, it's that I I now know that I can do it. And I know it sounds really silly, but like I said, growing up and always constantly wanting to not just read stories, but also write stories. It was always that thing of like, I know I've got a creative mind. I know I've got a ability to create characters and to have fun like you know growing up even though i had an older sister i was always like on my own playing on my own so again as you would do you'd get the your action figures and you would make up stories and or you have your cars so i always knew i had the ability to be creative it just wasn't until i put pen to paper and be like i'm gonna do this so i i once I set some time out and actually wrote down and be like, I, I can do this. I'm finding this really easily. That for me, that's where I felt like I know, I, I, I knew that I could do it. So from there, it was just the fact of anything that I wish I knew then I, I know now is that you can do it. It's the same with podcasts and everything else. And I'll give to, to anybody that you're listening is that if anything that you want to do, what, what dream it is or what passion you have, if you haven't tried it yet, just give it a go. If it's bad, it's bad, but only you will know that it's bad until you've tried it. So that for, I know it sounds tacky, but for me, that's the best sort of thing I know now is that I can do it and I could do it proficiently and I'm confident at doing it and I'm confident at talking about it as well. So yeah, that, that that's the the most cheesy answer I can give. It's, it's not cheesy at all. It's a beautiful answer. And yeah, I guess this is contra not contradicting, but the opposite side of that, because it sounds like you said it's very easy, but has it ever happened that you've had writer's block? And if so, what is your preferred thing to do to try to get out of that funk? Oh, many times. Like, I, I know it sounds contradictory when I say it's easy. Like, I, <laughs> I find it easy, yes, but I'm not impervious. You know, I there are times where... Um, best example I had quite recently where 
I ended up having to leave the book I'm currently writing for a month or two because I just didn't know. I knew where the character, oh, I wanted the characters to, to go or what I wanted them to do. I just didn't know as to how to get there. So what I ended up doing, I took a, a month off and I did other projects and I came back fresh. And that's my what I tend to do is if I, if I get stuck, instead of sitting there going, oh, I've got to get it finished, I've got to get it done. I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a day. And I might come back the next day or, you know, in a couple of days or a week or a month. You know, I come back when I know I'm ready with a fresh brain, fresh ideas, fresh experiences. Or if I've read a book and I'm like, you know, I like what this book did here. Um, this might help me out, you know. And then I'll go back in being like, okay, I've been gone for, say, a week. I now have a wiser mind than I did a week before. I'm now going to try my my hand at it again. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not a wizard. You know, I've tried my hand at it again and I've, I've wrote something and I've now like, no, that doesn't work. Or I've put something and oh no, I'll put that in the spare sort of recycling bin and I'll come back to it later, maybe. Um, but yeah, I usually just take breaks. I won't sit there and stress about it because I feel like if you stress about it, you overthink it. And if you overthink it, you can jeopardize whatever it is you've already done or what you are going to write. Just, just because you're like, I want to get it over and done with, that's it. Okay. So you could have a, a good story up until then, ruin it there, and then whatever fantastic bit of writing you've got next could be a detriment to what you've done prior. So I never stress. I was like, if I can't do it, if I can't think of a way to get around it, then I'll move back. And I did. You know, after a month, I came back and I was like, you know what? I now know what to do. I've planned out a good way for it. And I know it sounds silly, but I finally finished the beginning, even though the beginning's like 10 chapters long. I finally finished the beginning. So now I can begin on the middle. And then once the I know it's it's fun. I know how it begins. I know how it ends. The middle part for me is the hard part because there you have to take in what you've already done at the beginning, make it all make sense, and also have it add up with how I want it to end. So I'm looking forward to that process. But like I said, I'm not impervious. I do get rise but block, and I think you know everybody does. No matter what, if I always come back to other people who are creative, how creative you are. And I'm sure you have yourself whenever you've come up with ideas, what you want to do on your show, that you'd be like, uh, I can do that, but I don't know how to. You know what I mean? So I think we all have it. But yeah, I just take a step back. I have a breather. I might leave for a day or two, then I'll come back. And if I can't do it, I would go do something else. Like I, I have so many things I want to do in my life. There's no point sitting here being like, I'm going to get this done today. I'm like, no, this tomorrow. I will do it eventually. And I will do it eventually, but I'm not going to rush it at the detriment of the story because I don't want to ruin what I've already done. Yeah, all in due time. and Exactly. I was, I'm in the process of creating a board game and I get a bunch of random ideas in my head. I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool mechanic. So with that being said, has it, has it ever happened to you that you were doing something, I don't know, mundane or anything else and you're like, oh my goodness, I know exactly how to end this or how to add this part. And then you have to like rush to go to like either record it or write it down. So my question to you with that being said as well is, where was the oddest spot that you had a spark of like inspiration? Like, I don't know, you're in the bathtub and like, oh, I got to get out of the bathtub. Screw getting clean. I need to write this down. Like, where was the spot that you just realized, oh my God, I had a genius idea and it was the most random spot or the thing well, you were be, doing? <laughs> well, to be honest, you was really close there. The difference is it's not the bath, it was the shower or the toilet, um, but mostly the shower. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've done it or any of your listeners ever done it, but do you ever just sit down in the shower? Like you're in the shower and you're like, you know what? I've washed and you just sit down and there'll be moments. I know it's a waste of water and we shouldn't do it, you know, how the climate is. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I'll sit down in the shower and I'll just think about my day, what I've done. Again, like I said, I'm very spiritual. You know, I like to just take times of moments of rest and I'll just sit down in the shower. It's, it, I've got my eyes closed and I'm just thinking about things. Or I could be there washing myself and be like, oh, 
that's fantastic. And I'll be like, okay, quickly get the soap out of my head and I'll go upstairs. Or what I'll do I'll, on my phone, I have, I have my notes. So what I do, if I can't get out and get upstairs to record or to write, I'll be like, uh, X, Y, and Z, character does this, character says that, okay, and I'll finish off what I'm doing. And I'll be like, okay, now I can do it. Because like, you do get that. Sometimes you get that fantastic idea and you don't act straight away. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do it in a minute. And you get there and you're like, what was that idea again? So I always have my, obviously we always have our phone down. So I'll get my phone. I'll be like, oh God, all right, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And I can finish off and I'll look at my phone and be like, okay, <laughs> this idea. Okay. We'll, we'll go, we'll go hash it out now. But yeah, it, it's for me, it's mostly in the shower, but it's, it's come in many forms. Like I said, when I was on the bus in the rain, I was really miserable because it was packed. It was horrible. I was hot, bothered, but at least I wasn't getting wet. Then I saw that old lady. I was like, oh, that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I still feel sorry for that old lady. And like, if I, when I do finish the book, I'm going to have to quote her at the end being like, thank you, inspiration, wet lady by bus stop. You know? <laughs> um, but it does, it comes and goes. It's very random. Sometimes it can be the most mundane, like you're in the car, you're looking out the window and you, you see, uh, two people just talk or you like i i people watch i know you shouldn't really do it but i people watch i can't help not be nosy and so you'd be amazed when you just sit in there and you just listen to the conversations people have and for me that's inspiration like because i like to make sure that my characters feel somewhat real no matter if they're in fantasy or sci-fi or anything else it's i always like to make them feel real so i feel like if you if you sit and you listen to people and you listen to the, the conversations that they have either with themselves or with others when they don't think anybody's listening is the real life the true them so i know you shouldn't do it but it's more just the things of i take like coming back to your first question about inspiration that's where like you know the ideas come like it could be anything at any time but mostly it's in the shower when i'm on my own just yeah chilling well you know what i actually had an individual on my podcast who does people watch people watching as a hobby and, yeah i know oh <laughs> no, there you go and the i do thing, it <laughs> there you go even better and uh i have a solution I, i'm sure it exists somewhere probably could find it on amazon but kind of like a, a notepad for the shower like a waterproof pad where you can just write down notes because i'm sure thousands even probably millions of people have shower thoughts i think that's even a technical term having shower thoughts i think it's, it's one of those moments it's because when you're so relaxed and so serene you know it, it, when you're in somewhere where you just feel at peace and at one with yourself that's when your brain's like this is the perfect time to punch out one of the best ideas you've had not, not every idea is fantastic and eventually you do sit there and go you know what actually that's not great i, I had an idea at one stage i was asleep I had a dream about an idea. I woke up in a cold sweat, being like, oh, this would be fantastic. I Googled it and I found out it had already been invented. This was at three o'clock in the morning. I was so deflated. I was like, I, I woke myself up at three o'clock in the morning for an idea that's already been invented. I was really peeved. But I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fair enough. So like, not every idea is fantastic or sometimes they're already been invented, but you have that little moment of like, I've got to act now because I'm. it might not be invented and I could you know, make millions or whatever. So it can come at any time. Thanks, Brain, for being there at the most awkward times. You know, when you're just oh, about to go to sleep, you know, rest. No, no, I got an idea. Reflect on everything. <laughs> well, that's the, I'm, an, I'm a night owl. I'm an, I don't sleep, so I'm in bed. And like, I, it's, I don't think bad things, but it's more just the fact of like, I'm, I'm so active that I, like, I want to read. Like, there's so many things that I want to do. There's so, so many books that I've got. Like, I want to, I would rather read a book. I'd rather like catch up on a TV show or play a game or do something else that I would rather than sleep. Like there's not enough time in the day for me, you know? So it, it's a bit of an nightmare being like, okay, I've got a schedule. I'm going to do some writing. Now I'm going to do some reading. Now I'm going to do this. So it, it is a nightmare when you've got such a creative, ever like overactive brain where it's just like, I don't have the energy to keep up with you. <laughs> 
I feel your pain. I I write. I used to be a hip hop artist, so well, I still am. Oh, awesome. write poetry. I produce music, I'm a podcaster, board game. And I'm like, it's not that I'm asking. I like I I don't feel bored, but I'm like, oh, okay, creativity hits me. Let me just do this. <laughs> well, uh, well, I think that's why I started my podcast as well. Like I've always done something. Is like I did my Instagram and I did uh, book BookTube or Bookstagram, which is basically you read a book, you review it, take a picture of it, and I did that for a long while. But even eventually, at the end of that, I was like, mm, I've been doing this for years now. It gets a bit boring. So again, eventually, I was like, you know what? Over over the period of two years of COVID. I, I sat and I researched podcasts. I listened to every podcast that I could. I took in how um, presenters present themselves, how to talk, but also how to make it feel my own. And I thought about the topic. And I spent two years doing that. And then obviously this year, I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I'll be honest with you, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like, I'm still green. I'm still learning. But it my creative brain, like, it works so well. And obviously me liking to talk as well. I can just write down notes of topics I want to talk about then get around to the topic, write the bullet points, press record, waffle on for an hour. And then at the end of it, I just feel so, it feels like a, a weight, you know, it just feels like a, such a release. No matter what the topic is, it just feels like, okay, I've now released a bit of myself. I can now breathe. The weight's not so heavy. The crave juices have flowed. I've let them flow. I can now relax for an hour or two before my brain's like, okay, it's time to read. <laughs> you get know? back to work. Don't stop there. Yeah. <laughs> I let you have a break. Now carry on. And for you, what would you say is the best part about creative writing? Ah, to, to, like I said, it's just I'm not I'm not a religious one, but I I, I like I said, I'm quite spiritual, and it, it's it's the idea of, of creating a world, you know, being able to just sit there and to have, and in front of you a world is created, you know, uh, a fantasy world, a sci-fi world, have the characters, the different species, uh, the different um, factions and all that. It's, it's For me, what I love about it, it's just being like, being able to <laughs> so mundanely sit here with a pen and paper or on a keyboard and just create life without having to do anything, you know, and it's it's just, it's, it's such a fantastic like euphoric feeling just to be like i can sit here and i have the the power and the ability to create characters that didn't exist a second ago but because i i now made them they're now real to me and obviously as i said putting a a piece of my soul or putting a piece of myself into them to them they become so real that i want to finish their story not for me but for them if that makes sense you know I, i i i've always said um the reason that books are heavy it's because of the worlds that they carry. That's why books are heavy. It's because how heavy the worlds are. The bigger the book, the heavier the world. Like you get, like, for example, uh, Game of Thrones. They're big books because there's a lot in them because the worlds are so big, packed and dense. Whereas you get a smaller book, not as heavy, but still quite a big world. So that's how I, how, how I see it. So just to be able to create a story and to finish and eventually at first it starts i want to finish it for me and then eventually it gets to the point where i want to finish it for them so when i put the book down they have a world to live in and if i decide to revisit them either through reading or write a sequel uh, then i have uh, their story can evolve so it just it's just fantastic just to play god to make a world to put it to put it down and to be like i've now created life uh, but i'm gonna go do it again you know, did you see me do it the last time? I'm going to do it again. You know, it's just a fantastic feeling. If it, even if it's a short story or a poem, just to make something out of nothing is such a fantastic feeling. It's not as grand as the big plan and God and the universe, but to you as a creative, to be able to take something that 
was once inside your head and to pull it on the page and for somebody else to read that and to, and to see what you saw is a fantastic feeling. And it's one that I, it's like a drug. It's one that you crave. And that's why when my book does eventually get published and if people read it, if they like it or not, I don't care. What I care about is the fact of they've read it and they see what I saw and they've experienced it. And um, it's just a, a wonderful feeling to know that, you know. And you mentioned that you create, that's like creating a world. You play God. I have to ask you, how many, not just worlds, but let's say universes have you created? Um, in my mind, many. <laughs> on, the, on, on, the, on the page, not many. I've done a lot of creative writing, like when I was in, for example, in university, because at university I studied game design. And part of the subject was to be able to um, do script writing and to build worlds and characters that would work in a narrative for a game. So I did a lot of that. And again, through college, same writing in college and writing through school. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I wish I had saved them all because, you know, there were some crazy little worlds. So I couldn't give you a number how many I've created. Personally, I think I've got one. Obviously, the story I'm writing now is one big universe, obviously, and a few other ideas that I've got. Um, rattling around either on my phone or wrote down in notes of what I want to do next after what, I've, what I'm currently working on is finished. That day will, you know, that it will be in the many, but as of yet, just the one that I can guarantee say exists by, you know, in the future, I'm still young. I hope for more. And uh, so to create these stories, it sounds like you really enjoy it, but there could always be challenges. So when you did first start being a creative uh, writer, what was your biggest challenge? I think, like I said, it it was just getting over the fact of knowing that I can do it. And I know I don't want to reiterate what I've already said, but I think the biggest challenge was just getting out of my own head. being Because being, for a long time, I, I had a feeling I could do it. Like I said, until you try, you don't know. So to answer best your question in, in a way that's the same but different, it was just knowing that I could do it and then doing it and then kept doing it. Um, because the, the, one of the things with any skill or any bit of creativeness is that if you stop doing it, for example, I think it was I think I think it was Stephen King or Terry Pratchett. They said that if you want to write, you have to read. Uh, you don't read what you have to keep reading books, and it's one of them skills that if you stop writing for a bit, it gets harder. So the idea is I can do it. Now I've got to keep doing it. So the way I did it was like, oh, okay, I'll write book reviews. I'll read books. So I'm reading the books part, which is great once i've read the books i would then break the book down into review it like try my best to say it's good parts and it's bad parts you know improve my writing through my reviewing and then from there um it's that rinse and repeat so that's what i do even if it's a book that i hated i will still write for it that way i can i can keep the the juices flowing so that's was the hard part was the fact of knowing i can do it now i can do it now i've got to keep doing it you know because if i learned to play the guitar and I, was like, oh, I can play the guitar now that's it i'm just going to give up for a year i'm like whoa you know, no, I'm going to keep practicing because I'm constantly wanting to get better. I want to be Jimi Hendrix one day. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll never be Jimi Hendrix, but you know what I mean? Like I'll, I want to keep improving. So that was the bit, the biggest challenge for me was not just knowing I could do it, but keeping it up and still doing it to this day. I've like, I've got to keep reading and I've got to keep writing because at any moment, one of them stops, it all stops. Um, but I love, I say that in a negative way. Like I love to read. I've read, um, oh God. I can't really, uh, because we're doing this, I can't have a look, but I know on my Goodreads, uh, which is an app to track how many books you've read, I've read about 700 plus in my life. I've read about eight, 
I've read about 83 this year. During lockdown, here's one for you. During lockdown, uh, 2012, I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. I've got nothing to do. Every, like, I have to stay at home. So like, how many books can I read in a year? And I read about 200. Well, I've got loads. I've got a backlog. My, my bedroom's like a library. It's fantastic. But like, obviously, re- having audio books as well and having e-books. And I was reading comic books and graphic novels. So like, I kept it varied. So I, it, was, it wasn't just solid big hitters like Game of Thrones constantly. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got to that point. But I just I constantly read. I'm always reading. Whenever I travel anywhere, I'm, I've got a book with me. No matter where, even if it's to go to my sister's, I'm taking it with me because I, you never know. That car could break down. I don't really want to sit there on my phone. I'm now going to read. So I always have some sort of literature with me so that I can constantly keep it up. Even if I'm not constantly reading, at least I'm constantly experiencing creative worlds, having ideas, writing down notes and be like, okay, so this is inspiration here. So I think, yeah, to come back to what you said originally, my biggest challenge was just keeping that up. I've constantly been like, I can do this now. I've got to keep up it and just get better and improve constantly. Now, within all these books you've read in your lifetime, is there one book that is just, in your opinion, a masterpiece? Oh, see, this is, this is the hardest question. I, I would say I have all the <laughs> questions you've asked me is the hardest one because I am extremely biased because a lot of the books I read, as you would, as I think anybody would, you read the books you know you're going to like. Now, not every book I've read I've loved. I'll be honest, there's some books that I've expected to be good because of hype. And then I've read it and go, oh, God, this is terrible. In my personal opinion, the, one of my most favorite books and the book I cherish the most because it was the most, it, for me, it changed the game as to what a book and story could be, was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mentioned it prior, but the reason why I, I profess it's such a perfect book was because up until that point, for me, I was reading, if you if you read fantasy or you read sci-fi it was very sort of shakespearean you know it was always the same even fantasy was very sort of this is how you write fantasy it's very knights and um queens and princesses and evil people evil witches that's pretty much was for fantasy and the same with sci-fi bad alien superhero sort of Han solo rogue you know that's what you get whereas when i got around to finally reading hitchhikers Again, we had Arthur Dent. The main character was an average bloke. He was me. He was you. He was everybody listening. And, you know, he woke up one morning, find his house is going to be demolished. His mate, who turns out to be an alien, picks him up, sticks out his form, hitches the ride. Next thing you know, he's now on a spaceship with big aliens that like to spur up poetry, but they can't spur poetry because they're terrible. Um, and he finds himself on an adventure. His planet's been destroyed because they're going to open up a new motor highway. And constantly, there was so many points. It kept hitting me every single chapter of something new, something crazy. I'm like, this is what reading can be. This is what a story can be. It doesn't have to be formulaic. It can be as mad and as crazy as I want it to be. Just because it's sci-fi, just because it's fantasy, it doesn't matter. I can go as crazy as I want. So I, I always hold Douglas Adams in high regard because for him, he unlocked that sort of um, entry point for me being like you don't have to write what everybody else writes write what you want to write be as creative as possible and if it's crazy and, and that and, uh, uh, insane fantastic keep going <laughs> don't worry if it's mad just keep going so yeah to me i know i'm biased but i would say hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is one of the best books i've ever read and i've got the whole collection i've got all the books all of the hitchhiker series i've read them all and I highly recommend them to anybody who hasn't listened to them. But that's the one book whenever he says, what book do you recommend I read? I'm like Hitchhikers. Even if you only read the first one, just to experience how joyous, the un- not just the universe can be, but also how fun it is just to go on an adventure and what a book should be, not what it can be. Well, shout out to Hitchhiker's Guide. 
Just a big shout. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's it's because it's a shame we like Douglas Adams, he died so young. Um he I think he passed away before I was born. But I it, it still pains me the fact of like if he had lived longer, what amazing worlds and characters he would have made. So it that's something that still sort of emotionally gets to me because I'm so invested in him and his stories. And it's a shame that I've read everything now that there's nothing left. But you know, he lives like I like to think he lives on in me and everybody else who's ever read any of his books to be like, you know what, I've inspired by you. I'm now going to take on what I've learned from you and I'm going to uh, push the medium forward thanks to you. So um yeah, he, he was gone too young too too young but like he inspired a generation definitely i'm glad i'm glad that book really connected with you and encouraged you in your creative process throughout your creative journey if you haven't read it i highly recommend it it's fantastic adding to shopping cart right now (laughs) (laughs) uh and now so back to you because as much as i'd love to talk about your love for reading books because they're all interconnected i'm sure people would love to know more about your process of creating stories so what would you say is the most stressful part about creative writing? <laughs> to us, the most stressful part is actually the uh, is the it's for me the way my brain works is, is I when I write I don't plan like I'm really I'm quite bad for it um, I know what I want to write and I have a notes here and there but I don't sit there and go I'm going to plan out everything I just have the idea and I'll, I'll just start writing. And the stressful part about that is the fact of there'll be day, there'll be times where you get really deep chapters deep into the story, and it could be like, oh god, what colours were, were her eyes? <laughs> what colour was her hair? So I end up having to go back and be like, oh, okay, she had brunette hair, she had blue eyes. Okay, I gotta write that down. That's important. <laughs> you know, it sounds silly and it sounds trivial, but that's the most stressful part is when you don't plan. I think I think um, uh, Neil Gaiman's the same. He doesn't plan. He just writes and writes and writes, and then he worries about the the extra bits at the end um so that that's what's most comfortable for me i don't feel comfortable sitting down planning when it comes to my stories i just feel like i've got the idea i know the characters somewhat i know the direction i'm just going to write and if it needs to be corrected i will correct it eventually so that's the most stressful part and it sounds mundane but it's very much like i forgot what color hair is or what this what this town or city or you know thing is called so i'm like okay i've got to go back okay that's what it's called okay i'm gonna i need to make sure i'll note that down more often um but that's the most stressful part it's just remembering different sort of character traits that i forgot to mention write down while i was just going crazy on the keypad or on the uh with pen and paper Mm -hmm. i could just imagine you go her skin was covered in scars and then a couple chapters chapters later her scales were still covered in scars we're like wait a second what when when she yeah, gets scales, it, 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 it happened before. Like, I remember I wrote I wrote something about the villain wearing a top hat. I was like, oh, this is great. He's gonna look good in a top hat. And then I got to the point where um, he first meets the the heroes of the story, and I forgot. I was like, oh, is he, isn't he meant to wear the top hat? And I was like, oh god. Uh, so I had to go back, <laughs> rechange rechange it, being like he lost his top hat in the woods somehow. <laughs> uh, that way so when he we get to this part where i am now that's why he no longer has one so it does happen and i don't always catch it and i have a friend of mine who sometimes proofreads for me and she'll be like is this character meant to have x y like z and i'm like yeah they're meant to have this color eyes <laughs> thank you for me because you know so yeah it does happen i think that is the most stressful but george r mine he has the same issue because he how big his books are he has that issue where constantly he'll go back and look, i forgot where i've got to i've got to go back and reread what i've done <laughs> maybe that's why it took him so long to write his current book but it happens it's just about bouncing back that's the important thing you figure out a way oh yeah the wind blew it away 
Top hat. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you just decided I didn't want the top hat anymore. It wasn't. It wasn't in style anymore. <laughs> no, no, like, it was right in. It, it was wind. It fell off. You know. Yeah, and you just didn't feel like picking it up. It was just too far. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He was like, you know, what? it helps the story. Just move yeah. on. <laughs> and what are some misconceptions about people who do creative writing? I think it, again, it, it's gonna. I know it will sound hypocritical because I keep saying it's easy. It isn't easy. Um, even though I find it easy, it's not easy. As, as we've mentioned, it is stressful. There are times where you make mistakes and there are times where you struggle. Like I said, I'm st- even though that I feel like I've overcome my dyslexia, I'm still dyslexic. You know, I've got dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dyscalculia. Uh, one's English, one's maths, one's direction. But they all overlap and they all affect me in different ways. And they all affect how I see the world and so forth. But that's the misconception is that even though we make it look easy and even though we might, we might find it easy, it is hard. It is stressful um, because for, especially for me, most, most of the times it's the fact of I have so much I want to write, but my, I've got, I'm getting cramp in my hands because I'm pushing the keys too hard or I'm writing too hard, you know, or I, I, I hit writer's block just at that moment where I, I feel like I've reached the the magnum opus the best possible work i can do then i've read a writer's block and i have full sort of uh, moments of like i can't do this i've just hit that block and you, you hit that wall and you feel like you know what i i'm a failure i can't write so it does happen sometimes um but i feel like the, the common misconceptions is that because we make it look easy that it is it's practice makes perfect again coming back to what you said the, the constant reading the constant writing over and over again constantly and immersing yourself in the writing process that's why it looks easy. Like I, you know, like, like I said, I can't, <laughs> I can't play the guitar. But if I look at Jimi Hendrix and be like, he makes it look easy. But I bet you from the year he was, as, you, as soon as he could, he was playing guitar every single day. You know what I mean? So it looks easy from afar. It's not until you start doing it yourself and you realize, hmm, this is going to take a lot of practice. So yes, now I feel like I'm proficient at it, but am I a master? No way. So I feel like that's the common misconception. So you're saying you just keep going at it. How often, let's say in a week, would you do some creative writing? I would say almost always. If I'm not writing my story, because I always try to, like I said, there's loads of things that I want to do, but I always try to make time for my writing. And so even if it's not specifically writing the story, I'll always be like, that's a good idea. I'll write that down. Or like I said, if I read a book and I like it, because I, I read so quickly that I write, I'll write a review. So I would say within a week, I am... Um, well, there's seven days in the week, I'd say four to five days in the week, I'm always writing or doing some sort of written, something to do with writing. And any other time, I'm just learning, constantly experiencing, taking the world around me, taking in the, whatever books I'm reading, I'm taking in inspiration and just using it to funnel my creativeness. But I'll be honest, ever since I started doing the podcast, even though I only do one episode a week, it does take away from the time I have. So I'll be honest, that's probably gone down now to maybe two to three times in a in a week, uh, which is a is is a bummer. But I like I said, I enjoy what I do in terms of the podcast, so I don't mind. But it has slowed down the process of the writing. So before podcasts, about about four times, four to five times a week. During now, we podcast about two to three, uh, which I'm ashamed to admit. But you know, it's one of those you're so creative, and those things you want to do, something has to take a. a, a a fall and sadly for me it was the writing but i try to keep up on it as much as possible as much as i can do it with the time i have in the day but you know what that's completely okay because 
you can put it down for a little bit. It's a hobby, right? And then you can do yeah. podcasting and then come back to it. And then you might even come back to it even stronger and find some new inspiration and new point of view. And that's completely normal. Nobody's forcing nobody to do any hobby. That's why we always make time for your hobby. Look at that, pun intended. Just well, slide it, it in it, there. Exactly. You know, uh, which is the great slide, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but ex exactly, like I said, I, I don't see it as as a bad thing. Even though I'm ashamed to admit it, I don't see it as a bad thing. It's just more to the fact of, as we mentioned about taking the breaks whenever I hit the wall, hit a block, I just see it as I'm taking a break of like, yes, I can't work on it today, but that just gives me an extra day to prepare or to plan or to figure out what I'm doing. So when I finally get around to the next day to write them, it's as perfect as it would be because I spent the extra day planning and idea generation. So I don't, like I, said, I try to see the upside in everything. And so I always think, well, there's still an upside. At least I spend another day planning. So it's not so bad. No, no, not at all. And you sound like you have a lot of experience in this in the sense that you enjoyed so much. So do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? To be honest, again, it sounds quite simple, but I feel like with any hobby that you've just got to do it. You've just got to give it a go. Um, no matter what it is, just try it. Because at the end of the day, I, for me, like going back to myself, I always felt like I could do it, but until I did it, I didn't know. And I've met many people, and I, any friends in, in my life, whenever they want to do anything, I fully support them. I'm like, just give it a go. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I ain't got the time. I'm like, well, make time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's a time in your day or swing that you, you don't have to do where you can just sit there and you can learn to, again, learn to play the guitar, learn a language, um, write. Even like when it comes in terms of writing, I always tell people, um, start with a short story or even the best start with like, like Terry Pratchett said, as I do myself, get a bunch of characters, no matter who they are, what they are, it doesn't matter. They're blank slates, get these characters and just have them chatting. Doesn't matter what they're chatting about. Just get them having a chat. All right. Now you understand. And as you go through the process through them having a chat, now you understand as to what, or what they do and how they sound. Then you can might be able to give them names. You can say to them, okay, so now that you've, you've got a name. So this, john this is steve john john's um he's obnoxious he's a bit of a you know don't really want to know him but steve is his best friend and he tries his best to stand up for for, for john so okay so now we've got these two best friends one's a bit of a hothead you know one's a good guy and now we bring in more characters and then we, we bring in a world okay maybe they're in a bar maybe they like sports and they're just uh, john's at a hard bet work he's a bit you know sort of you know larry where steve's trying his best to calm him down next thing you know John just goes crazy and uh, a bar fight happens. And you just build it from there. Like I said, it's not the best story in the world, but it, it, you, know, you build up from there. You slowly start to be like, okay, the story makes no sense, but I understand who these characters are now. I can take these characters out of this story and I can now fabriche them a new story out of whatever environment I want to put them in. So instead of putting them in a bar, I can put them that they're now driving in the highway, traveling to Vegas for the weekend. You know what I mean? And you just go from there. So whatever you decide to do, always start with a character or characters from there. And then you just work your way. You build it up like you're building the cake, layer upon layer upon layer. And then you start adding in more things. And if that story makes no sense, don't worry about it. You don't need to keep it. Just keep what works and place it somewhere else. Or as I mentioned, I never throw ideas away. Neither should you. Any ideas you have, no matter how mundane, how silly they sound, write them down, save them, because you never know. There might be a story down the line that you're like, you know what? That idea I had that I thought was crazy really works here. It could be the key to unlocking the whole story that you've just built, that you've been stuck on for months, just because you 
decided to save that one idea. So that's the one thing I, I would give any advice to anybody would be just get some characters, get them talking, and then build it from there, and then never throw anything away. Always keep every idea you have, and just give it a go. Constantly just give it a go, and you won't know until you try. That's the best advice I can give. I don't know why, but when you're talking about a bar fight and just two characters talking and then uh, just write everything down, for some reason, it just automatically led me to the movie Fight Club. It got me got me wondering as well, because I don't, I don't know if it's too late, because Fight Club's been out for a long time. I don't know if there's any spoilers, but uh, has it ever happened that you wrote a story with a plot twist with the intentions like, oh, wow. Now people would have to read it again with a new idea of like, okay, this is what actually is going on the whole time. Well, funny you say that the story I'm actually writing now has got a twist in it. I, I, I read, I love books that have twists in them. You know, I love books that have constantly like keep on your toes. And like, same with the movies, like M. Light Shyamalan's famous for that with like Sixth Sense. Whenever you watch it, you're like, oh, I've got to rewatch that again because I didn't see it. And then when you rewatch it, you notice all the little details as to why the Sixth Sense makes sense. You know, because whenever you say the sixth sense, everybody knows the twist. Even if they haven't seen it, they know there is one. So I think that's like the baseline of what you always try to do. So whenever you write a story, you always be like, okay, so I've got these characters and I know how I want them to end. But if I'm going to put a twist in or I'm going to put something that's going to make anybody go, (gasps) which is what I'm doing now, I've got to make sure that I'm sowing the seeds early, as, as early on as possible. Even if they're only small seeds and you won't notice them. I know they're there so that when the viewer comes, when the reader or the viewer or whatever comes back and reads the book again, hopefully they do. Um, they go, ah, I noticed that little detail, even though it's only small mundane, go from there. So I always sort of try my best with the story I'm doing now to make sure to, that's the, even though, like I said earlier, where I miss things of the color of characters' eyes or the color of their hair, I always try to note down the main story beats, the bits that are important, because I feel like if I mess even one of those up, then it could be, again, a detriment to the end. So that's the one thing I do sort of take note of at the moment. But like, yeah, I, I it's not an easy one. Like I said, um, you have to be quite clever how you do it, but you can do it. Sorry, that was my Alexa. No, no, it's all good. It's like at the end, you're like, and it was all a dream. The end. <laughs> I, it was all a dream. the Alexa woke up. I know I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share? Well, like I say, just the same as what I had at the beginning, really. Like I've got my Twitter at nerdstalgic underscore pod. You can check me out there. I'm on there the most at the moment. Uh, you can find the podcast, which is the Nerdstalgic Podcast, on uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, I'm currently looking to get them elsewhere, but like I said, I'm still growing. I'm taking things step by step. So when they're up there, you'll let. You, if you follow me on Twitter, bit of a thing there. So more more uh, reason to follow me on Twitter. If you follow me there, you'll know when they're up. But as of now, it's Twitter, Nerdstalgic underscore Pod, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music Podcasts, and yeah. At the moment, no no projects apart from the book that I'm writing. Um, but I'm I'm just enjoying doing podcasting. I'm enjoying doing this. I'm enjoying talking to amazing people like yourselves. And um, hopefully your listeners enjoy what I had to say. And um, yeah, they come check me out. You know, come on. I need friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, sorry, I'm choking on air. <laughs> sorry, you, you got me all choked up. I don't know why. I was it's all right. Me. You know, I, 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 take, I take my Oscar and leave. Okay. No, 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 no. I meant to say you got me. I'm your friend. Oh my God. I'm still choking. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check you out and become your friend because Yay. you're such a lovely human being. And I'm sure people would love to chat with you, connect with you, and maybe even do some project with you as well. 
also you to be, to be honest i i love what you're doing here and i'm not just trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything like i generally i like what you i like what you're doing here like when um i found out what it is you do how you, you just take creative people and like i said at the beginning it's just nice to be asked about the thing that you love and you're passionate about and just to have a platform just to talk about it it's so rare nowadays that people get the chance to do that um so again on the half of your, your listeners and myself, you know, thank you for giving me and other creatives a chance and a platform just to talk about what they love. It's 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 a good idea and it was it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. Honestly, the pleasure is all mine. Every time somebody comes on and just lights up when they share their hobby, their passion, it makes my day. Honestly, that's yeah, that's why I do it, it. It's 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 a wonderful, beautiful thing to be able to do. So you know, keep doing it. Honestly, it's an amazing thing. Thank you. Uh, that, words that, words of encouragement are always helpful, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much. You're very, you're very welcome. Honestly. So, since you are a podcaster, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the tables because I do this at the end of every episode. Do you have any questions for me about creative writing? Well, well, firstly, let's just start from the basics. I know it's <laughs> going to sound quite silly. Have you ever have you tried it? Uh, is it is it something that you've given a go in the past? Is it something that you felt like you can do or you want to give it a go and try? Um, when it comes to creative writing itself, I have not done any stories, but creative writing as a whole, I don't know if you would fall under that category because we're talking about poetry. I've written many poems in the past, but um, rapped a lot of songs, and but I would consider myself a lyricist, so I would challenge myself, kind of like it was a great. Tool for my dyslexia. Uh, for podcasting, I'd write a lot of questions and do the tra transcripts, not transcripts, but the show notes. And now I'm also writing the rule book for a board game I'm working on, working on all that kind of aspect, which I guess is some sort of creative writing. I'm in that sense, I haven't done a novel, but I've done creative writing in different areas, if that falls under that category. Oh, yeah, I, I would say so. It is. And like, you say in the fact of that you do poetry and you don't see it as like any sort of written word, no matter what it is, if it's come, if it's original and it's come from yourself, it's creative writing. You know, um, you know Eminem, you know, we'll see him as a rapper. He, he's a poet. He's a modern day poet. I give up as well, you know. Um, but I'll just reiterate what I said. It's just you are a lyricist. You are a lyricist. You're a poet. You are a bard. So yeah, I would say it's creative. As long as you make people feel emotion, then most definitely that you, you're doing the right thing. I cry every time I write a letter. Every single letter I write, just the letter B, whoo, brings tears to my eyes. Letter T, whoo, so much more tears. <laughs> and laughter, laughing well, as at myself. As long as you, 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 you fit, yeah, as long as you feel some empowerment no about what it is. Like nobody writes letters nowadays. It's so nice when you get a letter from a friend. It's like, <gasps> it's magic. So I think that's one thing that people should do nowadays is just write letters to each other. I know it sounds simple, but it, it means so much that somebody's taken the time out of their day just to sit there and go, I'm going to write a letter for my friend. It, it, it's something that doesn't happen anymore, but I feel I wish still did. Oh, I, I meant just letters of the alphabet, but yeah, let's go with what you said. That sounds more, more in depth. I was just talking about the letter S, the letter R. Oh. <laughs> I meant, I meant letters literal, but no, yeah. no, we can go for both. They both work. No, no, yours, yours sounds more like in depth. Yeah. That's, that sounds more poetic when I say letters like that, not just the ABCs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Luke, for coming on and sharing your passion. And I love it's from one dyslexic individual to another. I love the connection, how you use it as a tool to improve your skills and just use it and not see it as a crutch. 
I really did appreciate that. It's always great to see people who take advantage of whatever they have in life and make it work for themselves. If you'd like to learn more about Luke, you can go check him out. I'll put all the links down below so it'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast, you can leave a review. Leave a creative review. Use your creative writing skills. Use big <laughs> words that I don't know, like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Can you spell that? I don't know. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't. No, I don't know. I'm not the judge. <laughs> Big words. But yeah, uh, there's that. You can uh, buy some merchandise. I have all that down below. I'm also working on a board game, which will have some creative writing in it. So yeah. But once again, what you do have to do is go show Luke some love. So Luke, once again, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was absolutely my pleasure. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>